It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty well. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Got a couple things to talk about tonight. A report today from Albert Breer of the NFL Network that the Titans were at least in some type of discussions with the Patriots about Rob Gronkowski. So we'll get in a little bit into that. And then last night the Titans debuted their uh, Facebook series. I don't know exactly what to call it, but Igniting a Fire, which is kind of a behind-the-scenes look at you know just the Titans and practices and that kind of stuff. And last night was all about Mike Brabel. So we'll touch on that a little bit as well. Before we do that, I remind you, Terry and I write for MuseumMiracles.com. We cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB, And the podcast account is at Locked on Titans. So you can catch us all those places. All right, so Rob Gronkowski, you know, there was that rumor um, however many weeks ago that it was when, you know, there was the thing that came out the morning that said Rob Gronkowski is going to get traded today. You know, and then somebody said the Titans had an offer on the table or whatever that same day. I can't remember who the guy was, but it wasn't a guy that we were familiar with, so we didn't really run with it because we just weren't we weren't sure if it was a credible source or not. But then today, Albert Breer has a report that the Patriots talked to some teams, some teams that they're familiar with, some teams that they were comfortable with. I think was the way that he phrased it. You had the Titans and the Lions, and, and Terry, you can tell me the other, the other teams because you you wrote it up for the site. But, I mean, teams that had some Patriots connections. You know, you got John Robinson here. You got Matt Patricia um, in Detroit. A couple other, other other things there. So what do you kind of make of the the idea that there was some discussion there in acquiring Rob Gronkowski? Well, first things first, I don't think it got very far. Uh, yet the way it was worded, you know, it just kind of sounded like, sounded like it was preliminary talks, like John Robinson saying, hey, is this really true? Is he available? Uh, so I don't, I don't know, and, and no compensation or anything like that was discussed. So uh, I, I think the other team was the 49ers. So um, interesting that they only talked to uh, teams with Patriots ties. Uh, but yeah, I think it all stems from the contract situation with Gronk. Uh, you know, he's made it known that he wants a new deal. He signed through 2019. I think he's due to make nine million dollars this this year. Uh, probably deserves to be paid a little more than that. Uh, and all reports say that he's probably going to get paid at some point this off season, but nothing is imminent. So um, I don't. It, it sounds like there's there's some friction there, um, but honestly, yeah, I I never thought uh, for a second that it would get to the point of, of moving Gronk. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you said, there there obviously is some friction there, and you know just. All over that organization, so to speak, right? You've got the stuff with Brady and, you know, the stuff with Belichick and all that stuff dating back to last year, the article that came out with all that stuff. So there's obviously some stuff going on there. Um, but like you said, I mean, I, I'd always find it hard to believe that the Patriots would actually move him. Um, you know, he's a staple of that franchise. Uh, he's uh, an incredible player when he's healthy, obviously. Um, you know, and, and we were talking before we jumped on here. I mean, my biggest reservation in the the thought of acquiring Gronk would just be the health stuff. Um, you know, he's had the back issue, he's had the the elbow issue that he both of those things he missed significant time for. And, and back injuries just scare me because they seem to be degenerative. And so it seems like it's one of those things where like you can, you can be okay for a while, but then once it goes south, it it never comes back. 
um, you know, pun intended there, I guess. But uh, so, that, I mean, that kind of thing scares you because, again, if you're if you're going to acquire Rob Gronkowski, you're not going to get him for nothing. We, if we know anything, dealing with the Patriots, you, you know, when you trade the Patriots, you generally generally lose. And they're not – it's not like – I don't know that, that he's not happy or whatever. But it, it's not like that somebody's going to call him up and say, hey, I'll give you a third-round pick and we'll get Gronkowski – they're not going to do that. I mean, they'd be stupid to do that because ultimately, at the end of the day, even if Gronk's not happy with his contract situation or whatever, there you see it all the time when players hold out because they want more money. Once the you know the rubber meets the road, so to speak, when it's time for them to start getting their paychecks, and by not being there playing, you know, whether it be training camp, preseason, or especially in week one, we're talking about that week one check. You know, players tend to show up for those types of things because they don't want to miss those checks. So it's not like Rob Gronkowski was going to say to the Patriots, I'm just not going to come and I'm not going to play and I'm going to hold out for the whole season. That's not going to happen. They know that's not going to happen. If it were that serious, sure, maybe you could lowball them and the Patriots would say, hey, you know, we'd, we'd rather get something for him than nothing at all. But I don't know. That was just about acquiring him. I think it would take at least a one, maybe more than one one, or, you know, maybe a one and a two or a one and a three, whatever it would be as far as draft pick. And I just, I don't know, with, with a guy that is, I mean, he's not old, but he's been in the league for a long time. He's had those injury things. It, it would just scare me to give up a ton uh, as far as, you know, draft picks go to acquire him. I would be what John Robinson was willing uh, to even talk about. Uh, I, I, I just can't imagine giving up a, a first-round pick at this point, I mean, he's 29 years old. Uh, the injuries are, are piling up. He appeared in 14 games, which seemed higher uh, to me uh, than what I thought. You know, he, he missed eight games in 2016. He missed nine games in 2013. Uh, like you said, with the back thing, uh, it's it's more of a, a longevity issue than, than the right now. Uh, how many more years does he have at his peak? You know, he is an athletic specimen. Uh, there's just not anything else like him in the league, uh, running down the field at, at 6'6", 200 and whatever pounds he is, uh, th- that can run with corners and, and things like that. So, uh, I- I'm interested to see, I would be interested to see what John Robinson would be willing to give up. Um, yeah, maybe he, he is willing to part with a first round pick being that the Titans are picking later. He's probably going to continue to do that because they're a pretty good football team. Uh, so maybe he would be willing to move a pick like a, like a, beyond uh, the 25th pick or something like that. So uh, I, I would probably shy away from that uh, just for the longevity issues and whether or not he would be on the football field. Uh, but if you start talking about giving up a two and a three or, or maybe two future twos, uh, I would entertain that for sure. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like you said, we'll, we'll never know. And we, and again, we don't even know if it got to that point to where they were talking about any type of compensation. And if it did, we'll never know what it was. But yeah, I, I would be really interested to know because again, you know, we talked on the last episode about the issue the Titans have with the receivers not being able to create separation, um, all that kind of stuff. Now, Gronk's obviously a tight end, not a receiver, but you would use him in a, in a similar fashion. That would give you a weapon. That would that would solve that problem, obviously. But again, you just have to ask at what cost and. Clearly, it would be an upgrade. I mean, you know, it's not like I mean, Delaney Walker is a great tight end. But he's not obviously not a healthy Rob Gronkowski. So, um, you know, again, it, it's something that if it was, you know, if you're a general manager and you hear that that Gronk's not happy, 
and there's you know some type of you know whatever there, uh, some some type of turmoil or friction there, then yeah, you're going to call and, and see, hey, maybe they maybe they, they are really fed up, and it's really bad, and I can get in for you know cheaper than market value. So I mean, you you wouldn't obviously fault any GM for having that conversation. But at the same time, we know how the Patriots work. They're not stupid. Um, so I, I just can't see. Like, I, I saw some comments today. We were talking about, you know, the Titans should trade a third-round pick and Ty Smith, you know, for – well, I mean, of course. Like, <laughs> you know, we would all sign up for that deal on the Titans' side of it. But, you know, again, you're, you're dealing with Bill Belichick, not, you know, some idiot. So um, it would it would have taken at least a first-round pick and probably, you know, significantly more than that. And, again, I just, I just don't know that – with, with where the Titans are, I'm, I'm not sure if that's something that I would be comfortable doing, um, just because you just you don't, you don't know what that's going to hold for the future. So, anyway, obviously that you know that didn't come to fruition. Gronkowski is going to be a Patriot, and and you know we'll we'll kind of see where it goes from there. You know, and, and hey, we might be having these same these same conversations at least you know around draft time next year because if the you, you know if that friction's still there. Um, you know, Tom Brady is is hinting that you know he's he could be done after 2018. So if you see some of that stuff, you know, start to start to develop, um, you know, the Patriots could be at a, at a spot where they're looking at you know maybe rebuilding or whatever. Um, you know, then maybe they're willing to move him and maybe even a little bit cheaper after this season. So I mean, I think maybe that's probably a possibility. Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind: Delaney Walker entering his final year of his right. deal. Uh, what is he going to be? 30, 34, 35. Yeah. Uh, career starting to come to a close. Obviously, he's still going strong, but uh, on, on the back nine for sure, uh, the Titans are going to have to come up with some sort of backup plan. Uh, Johnny Smith already on the roster, who we're both really high on, but obviously if you could get Gronk cheaper next year, like Jimmy just said, uh, that's something that John Robinson would definitely be interested in looking into. It's funny that Delaney's older than Rob Gronkowski. He didn't run around longer, but I guess it's just because, you know, Delaney was kind of buried in San Francisco. Um, I don't think he got as much attention before he came yeah. here. You so, forget um, those 49ers years. He played there for a yeah. long time. Yeah, he was born in 84, so yeah. Um, anyway, so that that was just an interesting thing that came out on Wednesday morning or Tuesday night, whenever it was. Um, and again, like I said, we had seen you know some rumblings that the Titans were somehow involved in conversations, whatever, however that went down. But you know we just weren't sure how how accurate that was or, or whatever. So now we know at least there were, there was a, there were some conversations, and we just, we don't know how far they went. Um, all right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the first episode of Igniting the Fire, which debuted last night on the Titans uh, Facebook page. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, that's what throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, so um, last night the Titans, like like we said, kicked off their uh, you know in house series igniting the fire. Um, I, I think they said it's going to be ten episodes of you know some some behind the scenes stuff that you don't normally get to see, which I think is really cool. Uh, and I think too it speaks a little bit to you know there's been this this friction between uh, Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, and, and the Nashville media. Um, and, you know, some people saying he's just like Ken Wisenhunt and, you know, with, with the way that he's handled some things. I think the fact that he's willing to agree to do this series, um, and obviously, you know, it, it's going to be, it's, it's going to show him and the team and the preparation, all that in a positive light because it's done by the team. And we all, if you followed coverage from any team, right, any team website, uh, any writer, or, you know, video content producer or whatever that's employed by the team, they're not going to say anything negative about the team, right? I mean, we all know that that's part of it. Um, so there, there is that part of it. But you still are getting some access that you don't normally get. Um, and, you know, and and I think the coolest thing from this episode was, was seeing Vrabel working with the players on the practice field. And I think, you know, in that we saw a lot of the things that, you know, we heard about Vrabel, the charisma, the leader of men, all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, but I mean, I think to me, it just the, the fact he's willing to agree to this and, and you know be a part of, the, of this type of series says that he is different than a Ken Wisenhunt. He is different than with the players and with the people in house than he is with the outside. And I think the players are going to respect him for that. I think the players are going to rally around him. Now, again, does that lead to wins on the football field? Probably not. Um, you know, none of this stuff probably ultimately matters when you know the, the season kicks off. But it was cool to see that, and I think it did, you know, kind of paint him in a different light than some of the stuff that we've seen in the press conferences and stuff as we've gone through the offseason program. For me, I came away after watching it with a, a higher opinion of Mike Vrabel. And like you said, it's a team-produced thing. Uh, so they're going to paint him in a very positive light, and the title of it is Ignite the Fire. You know, it's kind of a a pep rally type deal to get fans on board. But it was really cool to see him on the field. Uh, I think since he's been hired, all we've seen is him in press settings. And it's just, you know, we've talked about this. He's just weird. He's just odd and and inexperienced uh, right now. And I think that'll get better with time. But um, he's he's coming off a little a little strong so far. But to see him out on the field and getting after Kevin Dodd and teaching Jayon Brown, you know, what to do with his hands and just basic drills out there, you know, cussing with the guys. It it just, it gave me confidence in him. Uh, He looks very comfortable out there on the football field. So uh, I just, I have, like you said, the leader of of men uh, really, really shine through on this episode. Uh, I, I kind of feel like he's not in a big X and O type guy, uh, but he is that leader, and he's got a couple strong coordinators around him. So uh, it's an interesting formula. I think it's a, a little bit of a different formula than, than other things you see around the league. So uh, interested to see how it plays out. But uh, he's got a really good roster, playoff winning uh, roster, uh, at his fingertips, so he he can't walk into a better situation than he did. Yeah, he's got a good roster, and he's got you know a, a defensive coordinator, obviously that's very experienced, has had a lot of success in the league. You know, X's and O's, he, he can handle that type of stuff. 
you've got an offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, that, you know, is inexperienced. I mean, he's only been an offensive coordinator for one season, didn't call the plays with the Rams. But, you know, the people that he's worked under, that he's learned under, you, you feel confident in his ability to design a game plan and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, that was the, the biggest knock I think that we heard on Brable from Texas people especially was, you know, the defense wasn't good under him when, when he was the coordinator there. Um, and there were injuries and all that kind of stuff too, and, and not to, you know, get into all that again. But, you know, as a head coach, you know, if he takes the, the CEO-type role, if the re- if everybody else is you know drawing up the game plans, he's giving his input. Obviously, he's going to be the one that can ultimately you know on game day say I want this this play called here, whether it be on offense or defense. He's the head coach, and he talked a little bit about that in, in his introductory press conference. Um, but you know you don't have to worry about it, the X's and O's stuff as much as a head coach as you do as a coordinator necessarily. So um, you know obviously depending on the setup and how all that's handled. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about it. Like you said, there's so much talent on this roster, um, a, a lot of good things that have been built here. And to have a guy that has a different mindset, a different approach to the game uh, than, you know, the, the last regime did, I just, I, it, I don't know. To me, it, the ceiling's so much higher than what it was with Mike Malarkey. And I think that's what we were, you know, when we were talking about wanting to change, it was wanting something like this where you have just a different approach and, and you know, just kind of see how it works out. And, I don't know. I'm excited, um, and, I, and I think, again, you know, that's, that's the point, like we've been saying, that's the point of this whole thing is to get everybody fired up. And I made the point when I wrote it up with Music Miracles um, on Monday, I think it was. You know, the, the Titans PR people, when, when, the, when the Titans first came here, for those of you that, you know, weren't around in, in 99 when they first became the Titans and all that stuff, I mean, they were really good. They went to the Super Bowl first year, right? So the PR staff had the easiest job in the world they didn't they didn't have to do anything to sell the team the team was good the guys that were on the team were good in the community everybody you know respected them all that kind of stuff it was impossible to get a ticket back then well i I think that some of that stuff you know as the team started to to not win uh they didn't change their approach very much and so people kind of fell out of love with the titans and so it's good to see them taking a little bit of a different approach and doing some of this stuff to get people fired up um, and, you know, you've seen it with the uniform reveal. Um, you see it with this, all this stuff. That, it's kind of trying to get the fan base back engaged and excited about the team, even when there's not games going on, so that, you know, if they do come out and, and play well on the field, because ultimately that's what matters, right, is if they win games, you know, on Sundays or not. But you've got this you've got this excitement building, and then if they come out and win games, if they come out and they're good, the city's really going to get behind them, and that that's going to be exciting to see. So it's it's I just it's fun to see them taking this approach and trying to get us excited about the NFL in June and July. I'm excited to see where they take this show uh, specifically. Because there's so much unknowns, so many unknowns with this staff. Uh, they're they're just new. And we don't we don't really know them yet. You know, we we don't know a whole lot about Matt Lafleur. Uh, you know, he's never called plays, so I think that'll be an interesting look. Uh, if and when they they get to him, and then I think Marks Mariota. Uh, we don't have a lot of access to Mariota. Uh, you know, he's kind of a not a flashy guy uh, in in press conferences. So I want to see him in a practice setting. I want to see how he interacts with his coaches and teammates. So uh, I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, and, and I think it's a great way for the Titans to develop relationships with their fans uh, to kind of let them in and see who these players and coaches are. So 
Uh, I applaud them for doing this. Um, I, I think it's going to take some of the luster off of the real hard knocks, uh, which is kind of where this this idea was was taken from. But uh, I, I'd love to see more teams do this. You know, I'd love to see the the Colts and Jaguars and Texans do this too, uh, just to kind of get to know your enemy. Uh, I think it's a really good idea and a really cool way to connect your fans to your players. Yeah, like you said, and even you know beyond, obviously Marcus Mariota and those guys, but there, there's going to be somebody that comes out of this right with the personality that we didn't know that they oh, yeah. had. Um, you know, because they usually that with hard knocks every year. There, there's somebody that people are talking about that's, that's a guy that maybe ultimately doesn't make the team or that does make the team, but is not a guy that you're watching on the highlights every Sunday night. So, um, you know, just the, like you said, just the, to develop. I don't know if relationships the right word or whatever, but to, to develop a, a a thing for those guys and in a I don't, I don't know just being a fan and wanting those guys to succeed, and wanting those guys to do well. It's always a little bit easier when you know something about them and you buy into that story a little bit. Um, and, and so that's going to be cool. And like I said, it'll, I think it'll just get people a little bit more invested. And that's what the, that's what they need. I mean, you know, we talked a lot last year about how even as they were winning, the city was still really wasn't behind them. We talked about all the reasons for that. But, um, you know, th- this kind of stuff will, will help that change a little bit. So I, I'm excited, like you said, to see where it goes. Um, and it, it should be fun. Like I said, I guess they're going to do it over the next 10 weeks. So that will lead us into training camp. So that will be, that'll be cool to see. Uh, anything else we need to hit on tonight? Yeah, you, you stole my, my last point there. Uh, we're talking about a team that went to the playoffs and didn't have much support around the city. Uh, it, just kind of odd. So, yeah, I, I applaud the, the, the PR staff for, for trying to do something different. Yeah, yeah. It, like you, yeah, it just good on them to see that and to realize, hey, we need to step it up even a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be cool. All right, uh, we will try to get one more episode out this week, so be looking out for that. Again, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get them whenever they become available. Uh, we'll post a, we'll post something about this on museummiracles.com as well. But follow us there. We have stuff going on there all the time, so you can check out everything that's going on there. Um, you know, just just a few weeks and the training camp starts, so we'll try to help you get through this time. Um, and then once you know, once the end of July rolls around, then we'll be we'll be ready to go and we'll be going fast and furious. So stick with us, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun stuff coming up. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again later. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.